Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. This might be a good day to grab a pencil and paper if A. You're not driving and B. You have one on hand since we'll be looking today at a few terms that listeners might want to jot down. First though, some late breaking news. For audiophiles out there who use the open source audio software program Audacity, some big changes have happened recently and Audacity users may want to know about them, and non-Audacity users may want to listen in since this kind of thing can happen to a lot of different software that many of us use. Audacity is open source software, which means that the code is open for anyone to look at and modify, and that if someone does make modifications to the software, those modifications have to be made available on the same basis as the original software to anyone who uses the software. It also means that the software is free to use, no financial cost at all. Like most open source software, Audacity was developed and maintained by a very dedicated group of programmers. A fellow named Dominic Mazzoni was one of them, and he had registered the trademark for the name Audacity. Recently, he signed that trademark over to an outfit called Muse Group, whose home offices are in Russia. This all took place as Audacity was announcing the release of version 3 of the software, a very big upgrade from the version 2 program. Unfortunately, a few other things came shortly after that announcement of the new upgrade, including suggestions that for the first time in its history, Audacity would employ Google Analytics and Yandex to gather information on the use of Audacity and, necessarily, on its users. This was meant by such a howl from the user base that Muse Group backed right off of that idea. But, also part of the new upgrade are new terms of service and a new privacy policy. To their credit, these policies are very readable and understandable. What they say, however, may not get Muse Group much credit at all. We won't go into those policies in any detail here, but basically, the new policies say that users agree to let Muse Group do pretty much what it likes with users' personally identifiable information. Current Audacity users may wish to read those documents before installing or using the new 3.0 version. We'll put links to those source documents on the page for today's program in the audio archives at www.weru.org. By the way, those new terms do not apply to previous versions of Audacity. So if someone loves Audacity, one solution is just to keep on using versions before 3.0. So what's to happen to Audacity, which is used by very many community radio producers around the country, among others? One of the interesting things about open source software is that since the code is openly available, an open source program can be what is referred to as forked. Others can take the code and develop it further on their own, creating a fork from the existing program. This has already happened in many cases of open source software when someone decided they didn't like the direction that a particular program was headed. Office Suite software is a good example. OpenOffice was a long-standing free open source alternative to Microsoft Office. 
It has forked into LibreOffice and several other programs while the original program still exists. We wouldn't be surprised if the Muse Group doesn't modify its new terms of service and its new privacy policy if the same thing happens with Audacity. Stay tuned. Meanwhile, to the main topic for today, which is bits and bytes and pixels, all terms we hear anytime we think about buying a computer or a cell phone or a TV or even one or another version of a personal digital assistant. But what the heck do those terms actually mean? And is a gig something bigger than a pet-a-something? Or what? Let's start at the beginning with bits and bytes. A bit is short for binary digit, which is simply a number, except that it's a number using base 2 arithmetic instead of the base 10 arithmetic we're used to. Think two hands instead of ten fingers. Any individual channel or gate in an electronic device at any given moment, any given nanosecond really, is either off or on, just like a light switch. In short, it's a binary, in other words, two possibilities, system. And so it makes sense to represent that kind of work using binary numbers. Thus, what we call zero in base 10 language can be represented in binary notation by the digit zero. One can be represented by the digit one. Clear enough. But since those are the only two digits available in a base two or binary system, the number that we refer to as two in base 10 terms is represented in base two by the digits one zero. Three is represented by one one. 4 by 1-0-0, and so on, adding another place after each second number. So, those are bits, and binary is the number system that digital devices understand, on or off in various configurations. To represent all the letters and symbols we find on a typewriter keyboard, especially including letters we don't have in English, it generally takes a combination of eight bits. We've come to call that unit of eight related bits a byte, B-Y-T-E. And this difference between bits and bytes, alas, creates great opportunities for confusion when we're in a store or online trying to make sense of the capabilities of a digital device that we're thinking about purchasing. Say a computer advertises a RAM, R-A-M, or Random Access Memory Capacity of 8 GB, a very common notation. What does that mean? And what if an internet service provider advertises a download speed of 100 MB? What does that mean? Are we comparing apples to apples here? Alas, no, we are not. A look at the written numbers indicates that the 8GB of RAM is represented by a capital G and a capital B, which represents gigabytes. The speed of the internet connection, however, is written with a capital M, but a small letter B, which represents megabits. And bits, as we know, are much smaller than bytes. Yeah, 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 so what? Why do we care? 
So what is being sure that we understand what we're paying for? There's bits, which are not bytes to consider, and then there's 5K TV, which has nothing to do with 5G phone service. And there's 4K, and there's 8K video, and there's OLED, and there's, well, you get the idea. And with any sort of luck, we'll all be a little better able to walk into a store and get what we want and understand what that is after we delve a bit more into all this digital code, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. <music>